He talks about the miles on the lost highway, how the road and the drink drove her away. I shake my head when I hear him say, I'm looking for Audrey. Same conversation, night after night, shows me that same old picture, an old black and white. Spook-filled greetings to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those tunes, as always, are courtesy of the awesome Bobby Mackey, and I'm, of course, your host, Tessa Morrow. Today we find ourselves in the southern Transylvania countryside with its gorgeous medieval time structures, the vibrant green hills, and the surrounding mountains, it is always a place I have wanted to visit, if only in my dreams. Kartha Monastery. This butte, now in ruins, dates back to the wee early 1200s. And I'm not talking teens or 20s. No, baby, it's circa 1205, maybe 1206. The Abbey lies to the left banks of the Alt River between the towns of Sibiu and Fagarash in close proximity to the village of Kartha. Locals refer to this place as the Haunted Abbey. Now, Kartha is the oldest Gothic fortified church within Eastern Europe. Now that's damn impressive. The Cistercian Abbey is located within Kartha, and this is where the monks lived during the medieval times. While their surroundings were devastatingly beautiful, just look at the pictures online, it is absolutely gorgeous. So amazingly gorgeous, I can't even be in its presence. They may as well have been in San Quentin or in Huntsville Prison. Yes. Death Row. For them, this was no resort or luxurious stay. Their day literally would start at 3 a.m. And they would work all day and into the night, only to retire into one room where they all slept on what I believe was a pile of hay. So very cramped quarters, no privacy whatsoever. The living conditions, if you want to call it that, were hard, excruciatingly so. They basically fasted year-round. When given food, it was a rarity. They would live off of bread. A monk's life here was sadly very short-lived. The life expectancy was about 30, 35 years. It was rare if they saw 40 Several would die here, and here they remain as they are buried in the courtyard of the abbey. And they're not alone. There are bodies of World War I soldiers who also lie here eternally. Both monks and soldiers are believed to haunt this ancient monastery. Apparitions have been seen roaming the property. Now, in more recent of times, two bodies not believed to be soldiers or monks were actually excavated. The men were in unmarked graves, and there was something odd about these two bodies. Their height, 
They were extremely tall. They were between six and a half to seven feet tall. Back in the day, you could be committed in a snap of a finger. Hey, you guys, this person right here. Mm-hmm, right here. Many places needed only two signatures. It makes me wonder if these men were cast out of their families, being disowned because they just simply stood out. Sadly, this is not hard to believe. You could be committed for having epilepsy, for reading a book, for riding a horse. So many other things that we all do every single day. It is possible that these two tall men were disowned and sent to live out the rest of their lives hidden in the abbey and away from the public eye. Shortly after the two men were exhumed from the unmarked graves, weird things began to happen at the abbey. And unmarked graves is not very accurate, actually. They were discovered in the walls of the cellar, not only keeping their lives a secret, but sadly their deaths as well. I'm glad that they were finally found. And it is here in the cellar where the men were secretly buried that there is poltergeist activity. Objects will be thrown across the room. The walls will vibrate. Chairs often move on their own. Priests who have served here have witnessed this with their very own eyes. This name may ring a bell for some of the horror movie fanatics, The Nun. What did you see? I saw a nun. The Nun, one of my favorite movies, takes place in a monastery that shares the same name as Abbey of St. Cartha. It was filmed in Romania. The monastery scenes that you see in the movie were actually filmed in Corvin Castle which I will talk about in just a few short moments. Some believe that the movie The Nun is based about something that actually happened in more recent times in 2005, when an unfortunate young woman, a nun, believes that the devil is communicating with her, telling her she's a bad person and is full of sin and just these horrible things that obviously aren't true. This is believed to be a first episode of schizophrenia, or so that's what the doctor who checked on her thought. She was given medication, and she was supposed to come back 10 days later for an appointment for him to check on her again to see if, you know, after taking this medicine, if things got better for her. But sadly, the young woman never made it. A priest and four nuns decided that it wasn't some type of mental illness, but that she was in fact possessed by Satan himself. No medication will do the trick. This woman must be exorcised. Well, the exorcism takes place at the Roman Orthodox Monastery in Tanaku. She had been bound to a cross and she was gagged so she could not speak any type of demonic words or sayings or chants. They did not feed her. And for three days, this is how she remained on the cross. She is in an extremely weakened state. I mean, no shit. She has no food, no liquids, nothing like that. Anybody would be in that situation. She is taken away via ambulance. And in efforts to save this woman's life, they give her several doses of adrenaline. But she unfortunately dies before they can even reach the hospital. And at the funeral, people are shocked when, as she is being lowered into the ground, a loud clap of thunder happens. In the wake of her untimely death, 
the monastery is shut down and the priest who conducts the exorcism is defrocked. And him and the four nuns are charged with aggravated murder. The people behind the movie The Nun claim that it's not based on this event. It's not based on any true events whatsoever. You can go and check out the ruins of this gorgeous Kartha. I would love to go sometime. I love old buildings and history, the history behind it, the look, just everything about it. And if you look at this place, it's just like, wow, it just looks so magical. Close to an eight-hour drive from the Abbey is what many people refer to as a fairy tale castle, Corvin Castle. One of the seven wonders of Romania, a 15th century Romanian Renaissance Gothic castle, located on a hill in Hunduara, right above the Zlesti River. This is the site of an old Roman camp, and this is actually one of the reasons why this location was picked. The year is 1441. John Hunyadi, the ruler of Transylvania, demands orders for Corvin Castle to be built. It's built on top of the ruins of a fortress built by King Charles I of Hungary that once stood tall and proud. Back then it was still part of the Hungarian land, but today it is Romania. Corvin is one of the largest castles in Europe, and that's no easy feat considering just how many castles are scattered throughout Europe. It covers 75,347 square feet. You could only get to this castle via an extremely long drawbridge. Corvin Castle is actually split into three huge sections. Knights Hall, located at the bottom floor of the chateau, used for large feasts. Circular Stairways, and Diet Hall, a place for the royalty to have ceremonies and receptions. Each is surrounded by both rectangular and circular towers used for prison and defense. This castle is quite impressive with all the towers it has. Each tower is about 230 feet. One of those towers, that being the Capistrano Tower, has a legend connected to it, which has to do with a monk who was a spy, and he made the deadly mistake of listening in on a conversation that was taking place in the consul room by several noblemen. The matters they discussed were excruciatingly private, too private, as they got extremely upset when they found the nosy monk. It is said that they sealed the monk up in one of the walls of the Capistrano Tower, and he died, I believe, three days later. Whether this is accurate or not, People have seen a monk's apparition wandering about the tower, and it's believed this monk did not learn his lesson as he continues to spy on the living. Then we have the Najebozia Tower. I know I said that wrong, so sorry. It has five levels of defense. The name means do not be afraid in Serbian. While this tower might have five levels of defense, it is the mace tower which is the most powerful of them all and is also the tallest. The White Tower and the Artillery Tower were used for military purposes. Three of the towers, that being the Drummer's Tower, the Deserted Tower, and one that I mentioned earlier, the Capistrano Tower, they were all used as prisons, torture chambers, and what have you. There was a total of 42 chambers. Not sure if those were all torture chambers, but that's 
quite the impressive number, 42. There was a torture room which housed several torturing devices. Different things called for different punishments. But I think the most extreme, in my opinion anyway, would have to be the pit down below that housed hungry bears and lions. Who knows how many prisoners have been eaten alive. Legend goes that one of the prisoners to call Corvin Castle home was none other than the inspiration for who we know as Dracula. And protect those whom you would destroy. You are too late. My blood now flows through her veins. Yup, folks, Vlad the Impaler. He was supposedly here for seven years living and surviving off of sucking the blood and eating rats. It is said he was imprisoned in the early 1400s in a dark, damp dungeon right below the Hall of Knights. Vlad goes insane for all he hears is fellow prisoners of his getting beaten, tortured, executed, eaten alive, and so much more. The screams of the desperate men begging for their lives haunts Vlad. It's believed that it is here in Corbin Castle that he got the thirst for blood. Come here, my blood donor. I want to suck your blood. Vlad is not the only legend here. There's also the legend of the three unfortunate Turkish prisoners. They were offered what they were led to believe would be the dill of a lifetime. Dig a well that will strike water and your lives will be spared and you will immediately be free. And it wasn't going into a field and digging some dirt. No, this was pure, hard, solid stone. These men were grateful and accept this offer. They dig and continue digging for over 15 years. 15 years! They dig a whopping 100 feet when they eventually do hit water, much to their relief. You know, this was no easy feat. It was extremely hard. But guess what? They're going to be free now. Well, unfortunately for these three men, the man who promised to set them free, John Hunyadi, dies during this 15-year period. And his sadistic wife has other plans for the doomed men. They are kept prisoner and ultimately brutally murdered. During their last days, one of the prisoners carved into one of the stones and it reads, You may have water, but you have no soul. You can still see that haunting message to this very day. This well is believed to be cursed by the men who dug it with hopes and dreams, motivation and inspiration of one day being free. The Turkish prisoners are believed to haunt this area and who the hell wanted if that happened to you to this day people from their home country come and pay respect to the men who died here throwing coins in the well that was dug so many centuries ago by the doomed hands of the turkish prisoners john kenyatti the man behind the creation of this castle there's a story about him as well which is kind of a neat one his family crests 
consists of a raven carrying a golden ring in its beak. Now the king of Hungary, King Sisamond, has a baby with a non-noble woman. He gives this woman a ring and tells her that when their son John is of an appropriate age to give him that ring. Well, one day during a nice outing, Elisabetta, the mother, gives the ring to the anxious boy, but in everyone's shock and horror, a raven swipes down, grabs the ring, and takes off with it. It's protruding from its beak. John, the child, shoots the bird with an arrow and retrieves the ring. Not today, bird. John one, bird zero. That's right. Don't argue with me. This story sort of indicates that John Hunyadi was possibly the illegitimate son of King Sisamond. The king is so impressed with the child doing such a thing that he wants the family crest to retell that story, a raven with a ring in its mouth. And that's the crest that you see today. And as we walk away from legends, in 1854, disaster strikes. The castle is struck by lightning and it finds itself engulfed in flames, literally destroying all the wooden parts of the castle, all but one. The sole survivor, wooden survivor that is, of the Inferno is a 500-year-old dungeon door. The destruction is catastrophic and it takes well over 40 years to restore Corvin back to its glory. As mentioned earlier in this episode, you can see the castle on the big screen. When you watch the movie, The Nun, all the monastery scenes, they're filmed right here. And if you are someone who enjoys travel, you can come here and see it in person, as they are open to the public every single day. And while here, you may just make a few spiritual friends. People who've been here share that they caught EVPs, have seen balls of light floating about, have seen full-bodied apparitions and shadow-like figures darting about. Some have experienced feeling a sudden sense of dread the feeling that they are not alone and that they are indeed being watched. There have been reports of hearing footsteps and some have even been touched. Don't you dare touch me! Now, I saw this one incident. Now, I I really don't know if these people paid a guard to let them stay after hours or if they hid out and waited for the place to close for the day. I saw that it could have been possibly either of those, but... These tourists did just that. They stayed overnight. When the doors were open the next morning, the tourists were visibly scared. They were shaking. They were covered in bruises and were beaten quite badly. They claimed that an angry spirit stalked them and hunted them throughout the night. Lesson learned, I hope. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others. They're equally awesome. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry. Just head on over to any of those podcast platforms, such as Antenna Pod, TuneIn Radio, Pod Bay, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you may roam to hear your other spine-tingling podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prowler's podcast lurking in the background. This week's special city shoutouts go to Independence Charter Township.
Michigan. Bismarck, North Dakota. Mount Sterling, Kentucky. Cincinnati, Ohio. And Salisbury, Australia. Thank you so much for taking a listen. It is greatly appreciated. Do you have a spooky story of your own to share? Maybe a legend from your area that you'd like to see in an episode? Want to be a future voiceover? Throw an email my way at paraprowl at gmail.com or you can message me on the Paranormal Prowlers Podcast Facebook page. And here's the message from Alex Folk. People, if you don't come back and listen to Paranormal Prowlers' newest episode, I will come and beat you with a rubber hose (laughs) like you've never been beaten before. And you know what? He needs it too, so you better come back or else. (laughs) Just kidding. But we will see you next week. This evil needs a vessel to escape.